Hello? Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord for another Thursday night ministry meeting. Um, well, these past few weeks, we've been actually covering this matter of the Spirit. Uh, if you recall, in the previous two uh, uh, Thursday night ministry meetings, the first week we covered uh, the matter of the holy anointing oil. And last week, we covered the matter of the compound spirit. And tonight, we're going to be covering the anointing of the compound spirit as revealed in 1 John 2, verse 20 and 27. And uh, we want to get into this uh, portion of the Word because uh, there is definitely uh, a revelation, uh, a truth regarding the spirit as revealed in this portion of the Word. And we could never exhaust our understanding and our experience of this matter, uh, the compound spirit. And so, if you recall, uh, two weeks ago, the holy anointing oil, there was, uh, we saw in Exodus 30 how there was a picture or a type of this anointing oil revealed there. And do you re who can recall the four ingredients, the five ingredients? Anybody? Myrrh? Yes. Myrrh, cinnamon, calamus, acacia, and these were compounded with olive oil. And we saw that these uh, ingredients basically signify, again, the main thing, the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. And these got compounded into the olive oil, which signifies the Spirit of God. And this holy anointing oil was basically, uh, it was used to anoint uh, the tabernacle with all its furniture and the priesthood. So that was two weeks ago. And then we saw last week the matter of the compound spirit. And... I don't know if you recall, but I think it was a wonderful word just to see 13 titles of the Spirit of God as revealed from Genesis 1 all the way to Revelation 22. Remember, Brother Tim, he shared with us how the Spirit of God was what? Brooding to bring forth life. But then at the end of the Bible in Revelation 22, the Spirit and the bride say what? Come. What do we see here? we see the compound spirit has been fully mingled with the bride to produce a counterpart, counterpart for God. And this person is now fully one with God for his expression. So it was a wonderful message just to see again from the beginning to the end. And tonight we're going to kind of turn our attention to this matter, continue to see this matter of the anointing of the compound spirit as revealed in 1 John chapter 2. And, um, you know, the Christian life is altogether a life of being anointed by the compound spirit. John 4, 24 tells us that God is spirit, right? So if you want to have anything to do with God, guess what? You need to understand that he is spirit. Because, again, without God being the Spirit, there is no way that we could live the Christian life. Even we're through with God. 
So there is a need uh, to be impressed both in the revelation and in our experience. Um, so tonight, we'd like to focus our fellowship on this matter of the anointing of the compound spirit. And I would say with regard to the uh, matter of the anointing, um, tonight we don't want to focus on uh, what the spirit does in the sense of like power or miraculous uh, uh, miracles or like in the way of uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I hope tonight that we would be impressed that this spirit is actually a person. I hope that penetrates our inner being, that this spirit is actually a person. And this person is none other than the triune God. He is the Father, Son, and Spirit. And they have been compounded just to be, again, this anointed, anointing. So how about together, how about the sisters? You start, off, start us off with verse 20, and brothers 21, and we'll alternate. And then all together, let's read Roman numeral 1 at the end, okay? Ready? Go, sisters. And all together, Roman number one, the anointing is moving and working. Amen. Praise the Lord for the anointing. Amen. And so the anointing here, like uh, I put down on our outline, I hope I did, uh, this matter of the significance of it in Greek and in Hebrew. And if you notice there in Greek, it's chrisma. And it means an unguent or a smearing. You know what smearing is? Like, you know, like if my kids, they like using our mirrors in the restroom to smear toothpaste. So, so they kind of like do this motion, right? Uh, and in Hebrew, it's mashak. It's actually in Exodus 30, there in verse 26, when they anointed the tabernacle and all its utensils and eventually the priesthood, it means to rub with oil, that is to anoint. But it also means to paint. 
Very interesting, right? To paint. And you know, with painting, there's like a motion, right? There is not, you, you know, in order for you to paint something, there's got to be this motion, right? So, um, in English, this word anointing is a gerund. And as a gerund, it is a verbal noun. And so, this actually word conveys action. It is something that's not motionless, <laughs> but it's got a lot of action, a lot of motion. So, there in uh, 1 John 2.20, it says, and you have what? An anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know. Wow, do you know you have an anointing? Yes. Right, when did we receive this anointing? At the time of our regeneration. When we got regenerated, that spirit, that compound spirit came into us. And guess what? It's now there. And what is it doing? It is moving and it is working within us to do what? To apply all of the ingredients of the process triune God. Okay, this word process. Uh, it's important that we understand this word of how all that the triune God went through, incarnation, human living, crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, every step that he took, all of these things got compounded into the Spirit. This is very important to pick up because if we don't see this, then in our experience, we're going to be short of our, the experience of the triune God. We're not going to see how it is that he applies all these elements into us. And, um, you know, um, I'd like to begin just this little illustration to help us continue to be impressed. I'm going to need a volunteer, maybe. Uh, let me get uh, uh, Jeremiah. Let me get Jeremiah there. <laughs> Jeremiah, put this over your, around your neck. How about, yeah, up here is fine. Let me just put this here on the ground, and you got to step on this, okay? Actually, let's open it a little bit wider. Can you pull it there? Okay, now stand in the middle there, bro. And, um... I'd like to show you an illustration here of this anointing that came into us at our regeneration. That means when we were born again by the Spirit. This Spirit came into us and it started to anoint us. <laughs> you see that? And this anointing has been going on since the day of regeneration. It's just been going back and forth. Whenever you get mad, don't worry, the anointing is going on. <laughs> when your roommate doesn't wash his dishes, don't worry, there's some anointing going on. You know why? Because it's helping you to turn to the Lord. When those exams come up in your schedule, guess what the Spirit, the compound Spirit is doing? He is just anointing you. 
with himself. He is adding all the elements of the triune God into you. Isn't that amazing? Okay, um, give me a second here. Getting a little messy here. Stay there, Jeremiah. I want to continue to impress you. Look at verse 22. It says, Who is the liar if not he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who what? Denies the Father and the Son. It's very interesting that when it's speaking, within, uh, when it's speaking about the anointing, John, all of a sudden, he brings in the matter of Jesus and then Christ and then the Father and then the Son. What does this mean? Well, whenever you see the name Jesus in the Bible, it signifies the incarnation, humanity, and crucifixion of the man Jesus. When you see the word Christ in the Scriptures, it signifies what? The Anointed One and the resurrection of the Anointed One. And then when you see the Father, it emphasizes His divinity and with the Son, the divine life. So guess what? All these... John is just trying to help us realize all of these ingredients are in the anointing. Isn't that amazing? Right here, we have Jesus. We have Christ. We have the Father. We have the Son. We have the eternal life. All of the ingredients are compounded in the Spirit, and that happened at our regeneration. Okay, moving along. So... You see here that in order, uh, how about we read all together Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. Ready? Go. Praise the Lord. Okay, so here you have Jeremiah. Would you say he is the body of Christ or a member? A member, member, right? So I'm going to need one more volunteer. How about I get Divine? Come over here, brother. Scoot a little bit that way. Now you put your song. Okay. I just want to impress you. Stand right next to Jeremiah, brother. So, because Divin has been regenerated with this compound spirit, guess what? We see now in those verses, we see how the body of Christ has been, again, mingled with the spirit. Why has the spirit been mingled with so many members? Because God desires a body. Why does God desire a body? He desires a body because he wants to express himself. Alone, just as one little member, God can never get a full expression. But all collectively, together, corporately, we can express the triune God. That's why God wants to regenerate so many believers. Why? Because, or many unbelievers, 
Why? Because he needs an expression of his life. Okay, and then the next verse says, uh, how about we read it together? Stay here, brothers. Uh, yes, uh, Psalm 92.10. Ready? Go. Hallelujah. I am anointed with fresh oil. And then also 2 Corinthians 3.3. 3. So, brothers and sisters, whenever you turn to the Lord in the mornings and you're beholding the Lord who is the Spirit and you're allowing that anointing to come in and just fill you with fresh oil, as you meet your day and you meet your companions or you meet people that haven't been regenerated and they need to hear how they can receive this Spirit, guess what? First, you need to paint yourself. How about you paint yourself, brother? In your spirit. Thanks. How about now you draw, now you do a little stroke into the, into the mind. Like go up. There you go. Now how about uh, we go from the mind to the emo, the emotion. And then here, you need more? A little bit more. And then eventually into the whale. All right. You're doing a wonderful job, brothers. So see, this is the way our morning begins. We open to the Lord so that he can come in and apply this fresh paint. Let him come in and apply this holy anointing oil. But then as you're going around your day, so come over here, brother. You run into Jeremiah. And you say, hey, brother, how are you doing? Jeremiah says, good. <laughs> and then this brother says, well, Jeremiah, we need to be filled with fresh oil. Guess what you do? Now you paint him. Spirit. Yes, how about we start in our spirit? Praise the Lord, Jeremiah. Hallelujah. This is what 2 Corinthians is telling us. Look at what it reads. Again, the verse. It says, um, since you are being manifested that you are a what? A letter of Christ ministered by who? By us. And the ministry here is what? Inscribed with what? Not with ink, but with what? Spirit. It's kind of interesting that the Apostle Paul chose the word ink, but he's a alluding it to the fact that the Spirit is like the divine ink. Doing what? Painting. Anointing us. So, what we see here is a principle of incarnation where we can paint one another with the Christ that we enjoy every morning. How many are on the Bible reading schedule? You don't have to raise up your hands, but I hope a number of you are. A number of you are enjoying praying over the God's Word. Guess what? Whenever you meet your companions or your friends, whenever you share with them what you've enjoyed, guess what you're doing? You're painting. Isn't that amazing? Brothers and sisters, 
May we be those who are saturated, right? With the anointing. Amen. Praise the Lord. I think that's enough, brothers. If you want to take it off and just leave it here, okay? (laughs) Thank you. Praise the Lord. Moving along, um, actually, Miss, I'd like for you to just be, continue to be impressed with this matter of the anointing. Uh, these verses, uh, I was just considering as I was driving here, and it just really impressed me, the story of Stephen. Do you know Stephen in Acts chapter, I believe, 7? Um, you know, he had been announcing Christ as the gospel. And there came a point when uh, the ones that were listening to him eventually started stoning him. They couldn't no more listen to what he was saying about the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Acts 7.55 it says, but being full of the Holy Spirit. That means that that Stephen that was announcing Christ was full of the Holy Spirit. And then as he was being stoned, Eventually, it says that he called upon the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then kneeling down, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against him. Do you know where he got those words from? Or where did he get that feeling? Lord, do not hold these sins against him. He got it from the compound spirit. Because in Luke, we see that the Lord Jesus uttered the same expression while he was on the cross. It says in um, Luke 23, let me see here. Sorry, I'm a little slow with these technologies. Luke 23, 34. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. So here you see a person, a believer, who was fully mingled with the compound spirit who is just a triune God. He was just one with the Lord. He was fully anointed with the Holy Spirit. And he could be one with the triune God for his move at that time. So I was just so impressed. May we be those who are saturated with the compound spirit. And how about we now read Roman numeral 2? And my time is almost up. <laughs> Went by. Amen. Together, ready, go. And just due to lack of time, I have a lot to say here, but I want you to look at the verses there in... 1 John 2, 27. And look where it says, uh, where it starts with the word but. But as his anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And even as it has taught you, abide in him. I want you to underline, if you don't mind, his anointing teaches you concerning all things. And then you can circle, if you're into circling, The word him, which is twice, right above it, it says, from him abides in you. And then at the end, abide in him. 
And then the word his, his anointing teaches you concerning all things. So the question is, concerning all things, what is John referring to? Well, if you follow carefully 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 through 27, you see that the all things is related to the person of Christ. And as the person of Christ, he is the embodiment of the triune God. And you see that in verses 22 and in 24. But then notice that the writer, why didn't he not use uh, the pronoun they? He uses the singular pronoun, him, twice and his, once. Why? Because in the writer's thought, actually the triune God is the triune God. He is the three-one God. Yes, there may be a distinction between the Son and the Father, but they are inseparable. They are one. And that's why he chose the singular pronoun to show us what? That this anointing is just, again, the triune God. Isn't that amazing? It's mysterious. But praise the Lord for the teaching of the anointing. I don't completely understand the Trinity, how it operates, but you know what? He knows, and guess what he does? He is just there adding his elements into us, right? So that's one important thing. The second thing is just there in John 15, 4, abide in me and I in you. And I would say that through all the painting that he is doing, through the, all the anointing, as he is just growing in us in the divine life, and we are growing with him, learning to fellowship with the divine life, the Lord is just teaching us one thing, to abide in him. You know, recently I had a small experience. I was bothered by something, and it was actually related to fruit bearing. And I'm thinking, why am I bothered about something that came across my ears? And I tried to ignore it. And I had a good time with the Lord. And as I was trying to have a good time with the Lord, actually, I was trying to have a good time with the Lord. I, I couldn't get through because that one thing was bothering me. I just started fellowshipping with the Lord. And I said, Lord, I just give you this what's bothering me. I really want to get to you, Lord. I don't want this thing to hinder me from enjoying you. Anyway, the morning passed, and later on, I was just driving, and I had the deep, I would say normal sense within, and I had the sense of abide in me. As soon as I had that sense, saints, Brothers and sisters, that thing that was bothering me, just like, like it never happened. I had the sense that I was dwelling in the triune God. All this happens because of the anointing that's just there, just teaching us one thing, learning how to abide in him. Your exams, I don't know, I think if we, are to take, if we were to take an anxiety level, measurement in each one of us, I think we would all be at different, you know, uh, uh, measures, measurements, 
Some may just be off the meter. Some is like, test, no problem. <laughs> you know what? Whatever it is, the anointing is only teaching us one thing. Learning to abide in Him. Amen? And so the last, and how about we just read together Roman numeral 3 and First uh, John, t- I'm sorry, just Roman numeral 3 and then the little bullet point. Ready, go. Together, if we deny... I really like this sentence that we just read. And if you recall last week, uh, our brother shared how he was being very careful what came into his ears. Remember that little uh, experience that he shared? And I feel that, and I'll just speak for myself, a lot of times I ignore the anointing within me. It's not something in words. It's just a sense through our spiritual consciousness. It's not an outward teaching, like in the way of words, but it's a sense within. What you're about to do is not according to me. Is not, doesn't please me. But you know, a lot of times, because like it says, it says that a lot of times we replace it with our naturalness or religious things. Or sometimes when somebody say, hey, would you like to go to the home meeting or to a gathering? You know, sometimes, a lot of times, we dismiss it. Oh, no, I can't. I've got a lot of studies. Right away. You know that reaction? That reaction kind of, I would say, is in the principle of the Antichrist, anti-anointing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do the same thing. (laughs) I, I react right away. But I don't check with the Lord, or I don't know, I don't like, instead of saying, let me get back with you. You know, what's the rush? Why don't we just check with the anointing within? Take the time to be one with him. So it's important that we also uh, be on the alert, and we would realize, okay, I don't want to be (laughs) anti-anointing. I want to be one with the triune God. I want him to carry out his eternal purpose through my life. And so when we have this kind of, uh, uh, when we kind of have this kind of uh, aspiration to pursue the Lord in this way, I believe the Lord can continue to paint us, anoint us with himself, helping us to learn to abide in him, eventually allowing us to uh, express him in a full way. So that's all I have tonight. How about we just break up into our groups and there's a little reading in the back. And um, praise the Lord for the anointing. Hallelujah. May we be those who are saturated. Be those who are freshly painted. And also paint others, right? So that the Lord can have a way to gain His purpose. Fulfill His purpose. Amen.